In chapter nine of Simon Sinek's book, The Infinite Game, um, Sinek made a confession. He said that every time he heard author Adam Grant's name, it made him feel uncomfortable. Because every time each one of them released a book, Sinek always wanted to know where he ranked in comparison to um, Adam Grant. And they was he was always Cynic was always checking the uh, the online rankings and book sales and lists and all these kind of different things and that was the only one uh, the only person that he was checking where he um, where he ranked in comparison because he desperately wanted to to beat Adam Grant and as fate would have it they both ended up having to share the stage and the promoter thought it would be fun. <laughs> Because see, he didn't he didn't know how Simon Sinek felt about Adam Grant. So you got these two powerhouse authors on stage, and so the promoter of the event said, "You know what? It would be fun for each one of you guys to say something nice about the other one and introduce them." And so Sinek Sinek looked across the stage at um at Adam Grant. And Cynic looked out into the uh, into the crowd and looked back at Grant. And he told him, he said, you make me unbelievable, unbelievably insecure because of all of your strengths or all of my weaknesses. Because you can do things well that I really struggle with. Grant responded by the insecurity is mutual. <laughs> And he listed things that Sinek or Sinek could do very well, where Grant really struggled. Sinek wrote, he said, in an instant, I understood the reason why I felt so competitive with him. Because the way I felt and saw Adam Grant had nothing to do with him and had everything to do with me. See, even, even the mere mention of Adam Grant's name. It reminded Cynic of specific areas of weaknesses. And instead of Cynic reinvesting his energy to improve those weaknesses, to improve on those areas, it was a lot easier. By Cynic's own admission, it was a lot easier for him to just instead focus on just beating Grant. And the question becomes, how do you win a race with no finish line? Because there's always going to be more books. There's always going to be more homes to show. There's always going to be more classes to teach. There's always going to be more cars to sell. And instead of playing the finite game of this month, this quarter, this year, this rank, You shift from playing the finite game of a specific business or competitor. And you instead shift to the infinite game. And instead of seeing a business or a person as a competitor, you choose them as your worthy rival. Because your focus is no longer finite. 
It never ends, remember? There's always another month. There's always another quarter. There's always another year. There's always a new ranking coming out. There's always a new model. Instead of focusing on a finite end, as if this is the last one on earth, you shift to an infinite mindset. And they become your worthy rival. And it pushes you to constantly improve. And Cynic writes, he said that that worthy rival of yours, they don't even have to be in your industry. They can be in your industry. They may not be. It doesn't matter what game they are playing because many players, most players are playing the finite game. They just want to outdo you. They just want to, they just want to beat you. So it doesn't even matter what, what game they're on. You're now playing the infinite game. And so your worthy rival, they don't have to be a friend. And he writes, you don't have to admire everything about them or agree with them or even like them. You simply have to acknowledge that they have strengths and abilities from which I could learn a thing or two from. See, now that you're punching above your weight, you pick a worthy rival that you don't feel superior to. That's not a worthy rival. It's like um, it's like me playing against a five-year-old. Well, I'm going to win every single time. No, now that you're punching above your weight, you don't pick someone that you feel superior, that you can dominate, that you can beat them every single month, every, sing- every single time we go head-to-head. That's not a worthy rival, man. Your standards are too low. See, now you're punching above your weight. And so now you pick a worthy rival that actually reveals your insecurities, that actually reveals your weaknesses. And it pushes you to constantly improve. Dude, is that a game changer or what? See, this is an infinite game that you play. If you go back... When I grew up, I remember um, Chris Everett Lloyd in tennis. I remember the the legendary matches between Chris Everett Lloyd and Martina Navratilova. And see, they were worthy rivals to one another. Any sport, man, we can we can find we can think about worthy rivals. Uh, Chicago Bulls back in the nineties with the Detroit Pistons absolutely hated one another. But see, they pushed each other to constantly improve. And, you know, back to tennis, it caused Chris Everett Lloyd, she had to change her whole game. When she faced Navratilova, she had to change her whole game. She couldn't play on the baseline anymore. She had to shift her whole game because she saw Navratilova now as a, as a uh, shifted from a competitor to a worthy rival. She had to learn how to Evolve her game, constantly improve and play more aggressive. See, competition has an attitude of winning where worthy rivals inspires us to constantly improve. And dude, it shifts your whole perspective. Because if you really think about it, man, competition, it gets exhaustive. And you lose your innovation because you're really trying to protect this house. And so you're not 
You're not seeing what's on the horizon. You're not pushing yourself to constantly improve. All you do is you go into this protection mode. So you lose your innovation. And if you see things as a competition, it may cause you to cheat in order to win because you have a win at all cost mindset. And we've seen athletes that had the finite mindset. We had athletes, we've seen athletes that had a competitive mindset instead of seeing the other person as a worthy rival. When Adam Mullally took over Ford, he proudly stated, man, that he drove a Lexus. They said, what kind of car do you drive? He said, Lexus. He wasn't trying to diss Ford. He actually saw Lexus as a worthy rival. IBM was Apple's worthy rival. And once Apple surpassed IBM, they didn't gloat. And they did not keep IBM as a worthy rival. They set their sights higher to Microsoft. And then when they evolved into the phone, they didn't look at Microsoft. They went after BlackBerry. And BlackBerry became their worthy rival. And they constantly improved. You see the improvement, dude? You see the pattern? I mean, new players, man, they... New players change the game. They change the game and the way that it should be played. Right now, dude, it's a whole new game that we're playing. And there are people who, in a competitive mindset, man, who are sitting there looking at things and still thinking as a competitor. And they may even cheat to win. They may even cheat the system. Versus... If the game shifts, this is what I've been trying to tell some of my salespeople. The game has changed. The game has shifted. And so now, now you have to shift with it. See, because if you look at when the game changes, if you look at people as a competitor, you're going to die. If you look at another business, as a competitor, you're going to die. But if you view it as a worthy rival, someone who reveals your insecurities, you, you really feel insecure around them because they expose your weaknesses. If you see them as a worthy rival, it's going to push you to constantly improve. You see how that changes things, man? You're not intimidated by the next person anymore. See, you're intimidated when you look at them as a competitor. You're not intimidated when you see them as a worthy rival. You say, bro, there's a lot of stuff I got to work on. Case in point, Blockbuster ignored Netflix. The taxi service ignored Uber. Big box publishers ignored Amazon. MySpace ignored Facebook. And dude, the list goes on and on and on. Cynic relates to Sears and how Sears, you know how long they dominated the industry because of the catalog? And where are they today? They're DOA, man. See, they gloated about the catalog sales. They gloated by putting a catalog in everybody's mailbox for Christmas. 
And they didn't look at other businesses as worthy rivals. And they didn't innovate. Back to the book. Worthy rivals are the best way to help you improve and adapt. I'm going to say that again. Worthy rivals are the best way to help you improve and adapt. See, it's not just improvement. It's also adapt. And if you didn't have a worthy rival, you'd lose your humility and your agility. You'd lose your humility because if you're the kingfish, if every worthy rival you dominate, what's humble about that? You think that you're the kingfish. But when you choose a worthy rival and you feel inferior to him and you realize that how much you have to work on, well, that causes you to be humble, doesn't it? And the worthy rival maintains your agility, pushes you to be agile, to be able to cut and move. You're not this, this big behemoth. That's what happens, man. These, big, these businesses get so large and so blind and so deaf that they didn't adapt. The car business is that way. And now they're, now they're fighting for their life. And the good dealers, they're going to adapt. They're going to innovate. Most of them already have. And we can talk about all kind of the, I think the university system, the teaching system, same scenario. And I wonder who's their worthy rival. I don't know. Do you, do you pick some sort of online platform? Good question. But there's always and should always be a worthy rival in your camp. And you, if you move from a competitive mindset, from seeing someone as competition, and you re-rank those people or businesses, and you re-rank them more so as a worthy rival, I think that you're going to find that Some of them aren't even worthy to be rivals because you've dominated them for years. You've surpassed them. So why are you measuring yourself against them? And instead, you need to re-rank them, reclassify them, and choose bigger, worthy rivals. Remember, never settle. Keep selling your way through life, no matter what. Stay in the sales life.